Welcome to the Director Download, powered by Campus Rec Magazine. It's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. Host Grady Sheffield, the Director of Campus Recreation at Towson University and the Senior Advisor to the Campus Rec Mastermind Groups, gives you the listener real and authentic conversation between himself and special guests, Josh Downing, the Director of Recreation and Wellness at Butler University. With four years in his director role and 16 at Butler, Downing has seen and experienced quite a lot. In fact, the well-being lens has led to a big shift in not only Butler's strategic plan, but in the ways Downing leads as well. He and Sheffield dive into their rich, intertwining history in campus recreation, the Okanagan Charter, and much more in the conversation that follows. All right, what's up, Josh? Much Grady, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. Um, before we get into you know chatting and talking things up behind the curtain of directors, um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how did you get here, and what you're doing now? Yeah. Well, first, thanks for uh, inviting me to this and chatting. Always look forward to chatting with you. Um, <laughs> Josh Downing, uh, Director of Recreation and Wellness at Butler University. Um, I've been in the role for four years. Um, I got to Butler 16 years ago. Um, so when I arrived at Butler, yeah, it's very hard to believe that it's been 16 years. Um, when I arrived at Butler, um, I was doing facilities and you know day-to-day -day operations of a brand new um, facility um, for Butler. We opened up an 85,000 square foot facility in 2006 along with starting a office of recreation and wellness. So um, that's kind of what brought me to Butler 16 years ago was that opportunity to not only open a facility, but also, you know, help, you know, build, build an office, build a culture, you know, put roots into the university because before this, Butler really didn't have anything. Um, prior to Butler, I was at Indiana University. Um, so I did a year of club sports, assistant director for club sports. That was my last year. Um, I did four years of assistant director for intramurals, um, did my grad school there, and I did my undergrad there. So I arrived at IU in 1995, um, and I walked out of there in 2006. So I was uh, a sport management undergrad, and then uh, did my recreational sport administration for my grad school. That's when I was lucky enough to meet you in undergrad. Kind of crazy. Right. That, uh, we met in undergrad, and here we are all these years later. Um, it, it is crazy. Connected. Yeah, it's funny. I was telling the story um, this past week about you and I and our first national nurse experience and how we went out. <laughs> yeah. So we went out to the Nurse National in Milwaukee, right? We drove yep. out um, in a van with a couple other GAs. Um, I think there might have been one professional staff member in that van. And we slept on the floor yep. in the hotel room. What was the number? 15 what? 1548. 1548 with four graduate assistants for a yep. week. Yep. And it was awesome. We had a blast. Yeah, I think I used the curtain on the window as a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're sleeping yeah, up against the wall. This is the air conditioner. And they went, yep. Yeah, it was six people in there, six guys in there. It got a little stuffy sometimes. Yep. But. Yeah, that was such a good time. Although um, I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a new policy put in place that GAs would not be sleeping on the floor with graduate assistants after that? Yep. <laughs> yep. They spread it out after that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we uh, set the tone. Yeah. But what a good time. And you're exactly right. It's crazy that, you know, us back in Indiana, 95 through 99 would go on this journey. Right. And here we are today, both serving in the role as directors. I don't know about you, but for me, like, I remember when I was about to graduate, right. I had no idea what I wanted to do or what I was going to do. And never did I think I would end up in this role as a director, but. hundred uh, percent I with you. I had no idea. And I think I was basically just seeing what was directly in front of me, not really thinking about down the road. Yeah. But I think that it, there's something to be said about that experience that we both had. Right. And we're here because of the impact of the people that were around us all the way to the top with Kathy Bayless and then all the way to those GAs that we spent that time with. Right. And um, people ask me all the time, like, you know, like what, what's your goal or why do you do this? And, and I tell them, I want people that walk through our facility, whether employee or participant to be able to look back one day and say, if it wasn't for my experience with campus rec, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I believe that both you and I would agree that that's what happened to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about this. Um, actually this morning on my drive in probably thinking about what we were going to talk about, but subconsciously, right. Um, you know, just thinking about, how NURSA as a whole, how much it's given to me. And it's the people that were looking out for me along the way. And to, to this day, still look out for me. And all those people at IU and, and beyond, um, I know I could call them at a drop of a hat if I needed them. Um, whether it's someone like yourself or Stacy Hall or mm -hmm. Ito or Stu Hall. Yeah, just straw. I mean, it's just yeah. endless, right? Um, of the people that you know, we're looking out for us and I want to do the same, right? And you know, I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to you if it wasn't for those people. And I want to be able to do that for others in our profession. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So I know that, you know, you've got some pretty exciting things that are happening at Butler right now. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this with you. Um, I'm aware of the Okanagan charter that you guys have, um, I guess, agreed to take on and are, and are doing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think, I think that's something that's very interesting that a lot of people um, would want to know about. Right. I mean, uh, just back up a little bit with Okanagan charter, kind of give a brief history of it. Um, so it came out of a 2015 international conference on health promoting universities and colleges. Um, they developed the Okanagan Charter, um, and it was developed in a collaboration with researchers, practitioners, administrators, students, policymakers from 45 countries, um, representing both educational institutions and health organizations. Um, basically, they committed um, that they would take this and go back and inspire and catalyze further action towards creation of health-promoting universities and colleges knowing that if you take care of the folks at your university or college, the entire community, faculty, staff, students, those that interact, come in, then not only you're taking care of that community, but that's also going to translate into those people that leave. Hopefully that that helps take care of the much bigger community, right? Um, so that was back in 2015. Um, to date, 
there's not a whole lot of universities across the country that have actually signed on and committed to this. So it's definitely a trend um, in higher education pointing to this. Um, in 2018, that's when NERSA and NASPA came together and released the commitment statement that well-being should be at the center of all that we do on our campuses. Right. That if we put well-being as the focus, then our students will be successful. Um, well, that entire commitment statement, you know, has foundational elements from the Okanagan Charter. Um, so fast forward to today, um, you know, there's kind of, there's universities across the world that have done this, signed on and committed to this. Um, today, there's only um, eight institutions in the U.S. that have signed on. Um, and now we're looking to bring even more on board um, with this. So as higher education trends of putting well-being as the center and the focus, this, this Okanagan Charter basically is that, that thing that you can point to and say, hey, we're going to live this, we're going to do this, we're committed to this, right? So here at Butler, um, we haven't officially signed on and adopted it. What we're doing, um, we're making sure that we pull all the necessary people around the table um, to talk about it and look at what implications would be for us to bring this on board um, to Butler. So we have um, a campus-wide um, well-being initiative called BUB Well, and we've been doing that since 2018, and it's just incredible buy-in. We've made incredible progress with it. So we're, we're kind of doing this already. Um, so when we take this Okanagan Charter by signing and adopting, adopting it, we'll just deepen the impact that we have and also send a clear message that this is what we're about at Butler University. So Right now, we're working with some campus stakeholders um, to look at the implications. In Butler's next strategic plan, there is um, an initiative for well-being overall. Um, so our vice president of student affairs, he's kind of the one that's um, responsible for that initiative in the strategic plan. Um, so he is charging a group of us to look at the Okanagan Charter um, to hopefully by the end of the semester that we can commit to it and then it'll be put into our strategic plan. So not only are we gonna say sign adopt it, it's going into our strategic plan, which really sends a clear message that we are truly about this. Is it the end of the day, we wanna take care of the community. So when they go out, especially our students, whether it's the workforce or wherever they are, they can not only demonstrate how they can take care of their well-being, but they also hopefully can influence those around them that hopefully we're you know, just making the world that much better. So you said you haven't adopted, Butler has not adopted it yet, no. right? And you guys have taken your time with this. Like you're not just jumping right into it. No. But you've been, you've been aware of it since 2015? Or you yes, started? Been your yeah. So been aware of it since 2015. And when we were developing BUB Well, we were looking at the Okanagan Charter as, you know, aspects of that that we could pull into um, do you be well? You know, so all along we were thinking about it, but back then we weren't thinking that we needed to sign or adopt it because that wasn't a thing in the U.S. yet. So just this academic year is, so University of Alabama, Birmingham was the first one to sign, and that was back in the fall, late summer, fall. So hmm. now you're starting to see that trend of more universities signing on to it. So I was going to ask you, why do you think 
there's only been a handful, you said eight that have signed on to it. Uh, I just, I think overall where we are in higher ed with well-being is like, we're just now trying to figure it out or if, I wouldn't say trying, we are figuring it out, right? So there's a lot of universities doing a lot of great work in this space. Um, so as that just keeps building momentum and you start hearing about other universities either doing it or trying to figure out how to do it. And then we're connecting universities that, hey, we're doing it over here. Can we talk? How can we get this going, right? So NURSA is, this is in, um, you know, well-being is in NURSA's strategic plan. And we have, um, NURSA has a health and well-being task force that I'm fortunate enough to co-chair. So we're looking at all of this, like how can we do this um, at the university, university level and how can campus rec be a leader in it? We, we don't have to be the leader, but how can we be a leader in it? So let's put our money where our mouth is basically, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's great um, from what I learned from you about this. And um, it's something that here at Towson, where I am, you know, we're, we're just getting the ball rolling with integrated health and well-being on this campus. Um, and I actually have the document and I pulled it out at a recent meeting and someone's looking, they're like, oh, can we talk about that? And I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> we're not ready for this. Not yet. <laughs> we got a ways to go. Right. Um, so I'm curious, though, can you talk a little bit about what your role specifically as a director at Butler is with the charter and what you're doing in terms of leading or influencing the initiatives on your campus with us? Right. So back in 2018, when I became director, um, I was also asked to help lead the BBWell campus-wide initiative. Um, so there's three of us that lead that. Um, so we the way that we kind of um, make sure that BBWell moves forward is it's rooted in collective impact, right? So collective impact, I won't get into all the details of it, but just think of it is that there's no true owner. We all own this. We all own well-being on our campus, but you got to have basically backbone support or the ones that facilitate, make sure you keep moving it forward, right? So I'm helping lead that. Um, and so my, I'll have my you know, director of recreation and wellness and our facility and all the programs, services, and events, but we're also helping lead this campus-wide well-being initiative, right? So it's kind of changing our scope a whole lot, right? Um, mm -hmm. so like just thinking differently. Um, how can we root well-being in everything that we do? Um, how can the person that's overseeing sport programs um, frame up that what they're doing is just as important as the person that is in their career center or the person that is overseeing student disability services um, or the person that works in admission. They all play a part in this, right? So we're looking at how can we make sure that people understand that? How can we educate them? How, how can they um, be a role in a player in integrated holistic well-being? Because again, we all own this. No one owns this. So whenever I walk in the room, like first thing, I don't own BUB well. All of us own this, right? And how can we work together um, to make that happen? So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, we're on the, I'm going to say this, you might not say this, but we're kind of on the tail end of our career, right? As professionals. <laughs> Funny to we're, think that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious though. So as, as a young professional, right, you come up 
the way we did through graduate assistantships, young professional, and then you get that director's job and you have this idea, right, of what you're, what you're supposed to be as a director or the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll argue that we kind of came through the golden age of um, NURSA or maybe on the tail end of it, but, you know, it was, I don't know, it was, it was, it just seemed it was a little bit different than it is, not NURSA, but the profession, a little bit different than it is now. So I'm curious, based on that, like how have how has this changed your perspective as a director? Now that you are, you evolved as a professional, right, within the field of campus recreation, and now you're doing all the things that you just talked about from a mindset of health and well-being. How does that change the way that you lead? Does it change the way that you interact? Is it changing the way that you approach your role on campus? hundred percent. Hundred percent is, you know, I try to look at the way I lead, the way I support, the way I'm a collaborator, the way I'm a teammate. Um, I try to look at it all through the lens of well-being, right? So if we're going to do this, we definitely got to figure out a way to to support all those around us through that lens, right? Um, so coming at at it from, hey, we're we're our whole self, right? So what's going on in your personal life affects your work life and vice versa, right? How can you support the, those, those folks that are, that are doing this work? We're in higher ed. We don't get paid a lot, right? So how can we support those that may not get paid a lot, but are asked to do a lot, right? So how can we, how can we start thinking about it and changing the conversation? Like, you know what? Maybe we're not going to do that, right? Maybe we're going to take some time over here away from that. Or, hey, Grady, you did an awesome job on that project, I'm not going to give you the next project because you did an awesome job and worked your butt off on that project. You deserve to have a little bit of, you know, time away from, you can focus on your day-to-day, right? You know, higher ed, we're always doing outside of our day-to-day. Maybe there isn't a day-to-day anymore. Um, So yeah, so just thinking it through that lens and then how can you start to hopefully influence those around you on that, right? So um, if you can be a good model of this, hopefully those around you will start modeling it too. So we talk about modeling the way a lot mm-hmm. um, on our team, right? And, you know, only we can only go so far because we can only control what we can control, but hopefully we can start to influence those around us and then get into conversations with senior leaders on our campus to how they can start thinking about this as well. Yeah, we recently, well, not recently, but a few years ago, we revised our mission to get away from the you know where this facility and you come here and you do x y and z right get away from the quote unquote roll that we we roll the ball out on the floor which we've been arguing against that for years but it was still coming across in the in our mission and we put a more more of a focus on well-being right and engagement and i remember when we were having the discussions we were getting some pushback from the team right it was uncomfortable if they didn't understand it. it felt strange and i I kept reinforcing saying, look, I'm not asking you to change what you're doing. I'm asking you to change the why, right? Why we're doing it and put the focus on well-being. Right. And, you know, since then, everybody's bought in and that's what we're doing. And that's what we're striving to do here, here at Towson. This episode is brought to you by Campus Rec Mastermind Groups. These groups are created as a space for executive directors and directors to present questions and challenges you are faced with in your position so you can leverage the power of your peers to help you succeed. 
It's a leadership accountability group that provides immediate professional development based on your specific challenges as a leader. Interested in learning more? Email Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. One thing that you said recently um, in a separate conversation that we were in that has really stuck with me is we're no longer campus rec professionals, right? right? What are we? What are we? We are health and well-being professionals. I think and we've always had, we always have been. But we need to, I, we need to accept that, identify ourselves, right? Embrace it, own it. A hundred percent. We need to do that. Yeah, we have, and I think COVID fast forwarded it in a oh, yeah. very significant way. But we are health and well-being professionals. And if you just going back to thinking about the Okanagan Charter, like what that is, is what we do on a daily basis and what we have been doing on a daily basis our entire time. Right. Yeah. So we just need to, like you're saying, just change the why, change the mindset. Right. Because um, yeah, that's what we're, we're here for is the, the end outcome for our, if we just think about our students is their overall well-being. Because if we know if their overall well-being is taken care of, they're going to be successful. We are a piece of the puzzle to that. Mm. Whether they come in and use our treadmills or ellipticals or play basketball, or they play in a Euchre tournament across campus that we're sponsoring, or they go on a run and follow the trails that we develop for them, or they just go do their own thing. Or work for us. Or work for us, Yeah. right? We're just, we're a piece of the overall puzzle um, and helping moving this forward. So where do you think we go from here? As Uh, as campus recreation, like what, how do you think the industry is going to change? I think you, like, I think you said we need to own it. I think that's important. And then you said something to me. (laughs) uh, No, you said yeah he said that i I just go around and say well grady said (laughs) don't um, do that you get yourself in trouble you do that right um i think it was i don't know a couple of months ago you were talking about how you were looking at data of usage versus Mm. the demographic data of the university and as the demographic data has gone up the usage of your facility has gone down so Mm -hmm. Is that a trend for all of us? Highly likely, right? Because we know the demographic cliff is coming, mm-hmm. right? So as campus rec professionals or health and well-being professionals, if we have these facilities that we're stewards of, we need to start rethinking them, right? Rethinking of how they're designed, how, how we are welcoming people, um, how do people feel when they come in? Um, how can we get outside our walls? You know, things don't have to exist in our walls. You know, I think our profession does a really good job of getting outside of our walls, but I think we need to be even more intentional. We have to look for those um, partnerships on campus, um, to how we can be work together and collaborate and support each other. Um, mm-hmm. That's where like a well-being initiative like BB welcomes into play is that we open that door for the partnerships and the collaborations that we're at the same table together, shared mission, shared vision, how can we support each other? How can we get out of each other's way? Um, mm-hmm. How can we drop the silos? Um, those things have happened because of BB Well. And I think we need to, as a profession, really need to start thinking about those things in that way. Now, I'm speaking from a private university, so it's going to be different at a large. So you're at a fairly large, right, mid-20s. Yeah, right. 
So there's a lot more to that, right? Yeah. Um, a much bigger thing to deal with, but if somehow, if you can get a start and start pulling groups of people together, just to start have that conversation and figure out how to start moving forward, it will happen, right? Because people will buy into it. Yeah. Well, they have to. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I think if you don't, you're, you're, your institution is going to fail. Right. You know? Exactly. I mean, it leads to retention student success it's a recruitment tool it's all the things yeah because the the students today they're consumers right they're picking their school based on a consumer mindset and right. we know that from campus rec i mean we argued right we're the rec center is a recruiting tool and right my wife who went to university of maryland college park down the road when i first came here she was like yeah, i didn't even I didn't even look at Towson because they didn't even have a rec center. The reason why I picked Maryland was because of their rec center, right? That was 20 years ago. Well, it's still the same thing, only now it's not just rec center. It's, it's what's the health and wellness programming, facilities, offerings, and then all kinds of other things, right? In terms of housing and dining facilities, whatever. It's always been there, but it's not. The point I'm trying to make, I guess, is it's not just academics first. Right. 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 And if we don't get, if, if to your point, if we don't all come together and embrace this, you're going to be left behind. Right. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, all plays a part. And then if we're the, you know, our facilities are that shiny thing that attracts students, but how great is it if they walk in and they see, start to see that you're doing well-being. Mm you know, because you have this branded initiative. Like, yeah, it's not just that? talk, right? Yeah, what's that? And who are these students? Who is their number one counselor? Who's their number one person that helps them? And everything. Right. Their parents, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So if you have this and their parents are saying, oh my goodness, look at what Townsend is doing from a health and well-being perspective. I want my son or daughter to go there because of those reasons that it, it's becoming a top selling point yeah absolutely so uh we got a little bit more time left um to chat or at least i do if you do 100 uh, i always like I, I, chatting with you <laughs> well sometimes you know you get on these you get in these discussions and you start to go off in different directions which is fine with me but you know one thing that that i think is something as directors we have to look out for right are the challenges of working in this profession you kind of touched on it earlier right we don't get paid a lot and usually we get rewarded um with good work by more work um or being pulled to the table and and the joke around here for us is you know everyone wants to come to we, we lead by example right and we're told that we do this really well but then at the same token we run a tight ship in terms of campus rec and sometimes we're told we, we say no too much my point is is that we're relied on to do a lot and as we're talking about adding more right to the scope of who we are on a campus what does that mean for us in terms of of our staff and ourselves and the profession as a whole what what are we going to be challenged with? You've been in this now for a few years and doing it. Like what stands out to you in this? Uh, I mean, COVID has been incredibly hard. 
mm-hmm. I think on everyone. And, and my being in this role, it's been the number one challenge, right? So, but I think it's, it's changed just how we look at things and thinking about our teams and especially like young professionals coming in. It's like just having an understanding that they're likely not going to be here very long. And make sure you talk to them at the very beginning that I understand that you're not going to be here very long. So my goal is to make this the best experience possible for you to be able to help you as you get to that next step, right? right? So then how can we look at when they're in their work? How can we look at making sure that it's a really good experience? It's like, let's talk about experiences more than, hey, you got these responsibilities or jobs, right? These experiences are hopefully helping you not only grow professionally, but also personally. How can we say no? We've done that here with some of our programming. Like, look, we don't have the staff for this. So we're just not going to do it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, maybe those things don't come back. You know, you've got enough now because as we've evolved because of a number of things, especially like leading BB well, I have a person on my team that's totally evolved into BB well is a whole lot of their job. Right. I want to call it a job where their experience, right? Um, so then it's like, how can we rework things? How can we look, put everything on the table as far as what we're doing? Um, the traditional campus rec programming that we all think about, maybe we need to take a different look at that too. Right? <laughs> Especially if we go back to what you talked about, the demographic different, the Yes. decline in utilization as demographics go up. That's a true thing. And a demographic cliff is coming. We have to rethink our programming. The traditional model of some of these programs have been around forever may have to change or may go away. And we're going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's um, evidence that some are okay with that and some are not. Right. right. Um, yeah. it, we could be reshaping entire jobs like jobs may not have that title anymore. Whatever, I'm not going to pick any of them, but I mean, there could be our traditional jobs may not even have those titles anymore. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I just had a conversation today with one of our associate directors. We're hiring for a new position, an IT position. And not to get into the details, but it came up with, you know, well, how's the other staff going to feel about that? And I was like, why do we get so hung up on title and thinking that, you know, I have to have the same title, therefore I have to have the same pay or this, that, or the other. And it kind of relates to me what you just said, like, let's just get rid of the hierarchy and let's just focus on, you know, this person's responsible for doing this. And their responsibilities are different than your responsibilities and your responsibilities require more skill set or certification than maybe this one does but the compass compensation and I'm, I'm going way off topic here but the compensation doesn't have to be the exact same just because you're at the same you know ring on the totem pole so to speak that's not what it's about it's about what we're doing overall for the bigger cause right yep I, yeah, I agree. And I mean, those conversations need to be had at uh, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, I, 
I love talking to you. I, I think we ever, listeners have heard us say, you know, we love each other. We go way back, whatever. It's been great. Um, the information that you shared today is something that I think a lot of people in our field are interested in, in your perspective, Josh, because of the experience that you have in doing it thus far, um, I think is going to be, um, maybe you get a few phone calls after this, you know, you can start your consulting business, go around the country, <laughs> showing people how to do it, right? That's what campus records do. Campus record directors do after they get close to retirement, right? They start consulting. Right. Well, you know, I'm I'm actually working on that to be honest. I, I, yeah. <laughs> of so, course you are. Yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely we we're uh, getting ready to announce something here at Butler, oh, really? so it might involve that. So. Oh well, let's just let's do it right here. On the, on the yeah. Well, I got to kind of podcast. I kind of keep it keep it to the close to me right now, but soon enough. All right. Well, I'll make a deal with you. When you make the announcement, we'll bring you back on here and we can talk about that. Oh, well, I mean, if it's an again. opportunity to talk to you, I might come in. I mean, in, in all in all seriousness, I mean, I think I think we, you know, went over all those years and we would connect at conferences and you know, maybe once or twice a year, but I'm so thankful for how we've been able to come together. Um, I think it's been a year now. Has it been a year? Almost, to, yeah. Yeah, close to you. I mean, yeah. I'm just so thankful for, you know, coming, the opportunity to be able to chat with you, you know, on a monthly basis with, you know, Heather and the Campus Rec folks bringing us together. And, you know, maybe that shouldn't have been the reason that we get to come together on a regular, um, but it, it's meant a lot to me to, I feel like it's a reconnection and um, I know that you're a support and I know that I could call on you at any point in time and um, you bring off so much value and so many things to this profession that hopefully if they're not already, people are reaching out to you as well. Um, what's really cool and I, I tell you this all the time is that my son's named Grady. So, uh, that's um, so cool. yeah, so, you know, <laughs> There's a there's definitely a coolness factor that you know he has to live up to with that name, right? <laughs> he already is. He he <laughs> exceeded. So listen, I appreciate that. And just so everyone listening, um, what Josh is talking about is Campus Rec Mastermind groups um, that we've been a part of for several months now. We did a beta group, and Josh is right. The um, the opportunity to get to reconnect even though we've known each other for a very long time has been um, spectacular and beneficial, I think for both of us and the other members of our group. So for those of you listening, if you are interested in Campus Rec Mastermind groups, I mean, you got two people right here who aren't just blowing you smoke and saying to do it um, because of what we've experienced, but definitely it is because of what we experienced. And if you're thinking about it or you get the opportunity go for it. Yeah, everything that Grady just said. Yeah. Well, Josh, I, it's been great. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on with us and um, look forward to hearing the big announcement and your, your entrepreneurial endeavors with Butler and <laughs> soon enough. Where, yeah. Where the, where the next chapter in your career um, takes you. And uh, I know we'll talk soon and be in touch. So appreciate it, buddy. Uh, thank you, Grady. I really do appreciate having me on. All right, man. See you around. All right. Take care.